Welcome to our Christmas special. Unfortunately, I tried to upload this video. This is my first video ever on the podcast to Spotify. And because I'm using a different program, these two kind of mashed together and they didn't gel really well. So I spent all last night staying up with this freaking super slow internet trying to get it to work. But unfortunately, something is not working. And now this has been delayed by a few days. So it's a belated Merry Christmas to you all, unless you're Orthodox and you're celebrating on the 7th. So this is an early Christmas present. You're not going to see my red nose that I talk about. You're not going to see my scars that I talk about. And it's probably not really a gift because I didn't really have a gift at all. But the gift was, it was going to be a cool a video podcast, but unfortunately that's not what it is. In today's episode, we're going to be talking more about the holistic approach to training, nutrition, lifestyle, mindset, everything. It's going to be a long episode, but if you can tick a lot of these things off, or at least slowly try to, you're going to see significant changes in your life. And holistic is not woo-woo and, uh, you know, crystals, charging crystals and stuff like that. These are, these are some steps, steps, these are some steps that you can take today that you can really kickstart 2024 and get the ball rolling and change your freaking life. All right. Sorry that there's no video, but it's just going to be my voice. And I was a little bit awkward during the thing. I don't know why, because probably because of the camera. But stick around and enjoy the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to... The podcast today is a special one. We are on episode 23. It is a Christmas edition and Merry Christmas to everyone. The ones that aren't watching this, uh, I'm currently overseas. I have found a studio. I know this is a little bit whack and my face is super shiny. And the first few minutes is going to be me getting a little bit comfortable in front of the screen because it is very, it's a quite a different environment to what I'm used to. But I am currently on holiday. I'm currently in Bali. There's Multiple reasons why I'm here, and I'm going to be very transparent and honest why I'm here. One of my friends that I met in the UK that became best friends with via, by playing football, I haven't seen him in five and a half years. So we kind of linked up together. He was coming at this time, but also at the same time, I've kind of taken some time off work just to get away from, not to really get away from stresses in life, but more to kind of de-stress, figure things out and kind of get my shit together. Because the last probably eight to 10 months of my life has been rather stressful, not really work-related, more personal personal life-related. And that is probably most of us. Most of us have gone through some kind of personal issues this year, whether that be with work, with relationships, with family, with our health. The world is always changing. I always say that constant is the, or change is the only constant, that's the only thing that's always happening around us whether we like to think it or not but things are changing and yeah here I am I'm in Indonesia I'm in Bali one of my friends Rick recommended this really cool podcast podcast lounge and yeah this is going to be one of the next two episodes that I'm going to have in front of the camera which is going to be pretty cool so see it as a bit of a Christmas present I don't I'm not wearing anything Christmassy. I'm not in the Christmas spirit. My nose is rather burnt. So think of me as Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And I don't have any, any hats on. But today's episode, 
I'm going to probably recap what I think is the most important when it comes to the holistic approach to, to training. And I think we get a, not just to training, but a holistic approach to the human being. When I first started coaching people, it was always the holistic approach. And when people hear about holistic, they think about naturopaths, they think about woo-woo, they think about charging crystals and like putting them up your bum, whatever you think woo-woo is. Woo-woo for me is not that. And the good thing about what I think a good thing about myself is and I've I've gone down these many roads and I've tried out these many things to then be able to present to my client or to my friend or anyone that hasn't tried that thing that I've already done. So I've gone keto, I've done vegan, I've done pescatarian, I've done the Mediterranean diet, I've tried fad diets, uh, I've done, done gone down the woo-woo spiritual hippie path after a stint on you know, party stuff and, and hallucinogenics and psychedelics. And not saying that that didn't help me, that actually helped me become who I am today and deal with some of the issues that I had growing up. I, with my experience, my subjective experience, my anecdotal experience, can offer someone a, a new lens on life and, a, and, a, and an understanding of what I gathered from my experiences. And today I'm going to speak about what holistic means to me and how you can change these aspects in your life bit by bit. I'm going to break them down. And it's also the, the biopsychosocial um, lens on things where we have the BPS model. Where it's like the three circles in a Venn diagram, we have the biological. It's, so it's, your, it's, it's your pretty much a genetic, genetic makeup. It's your hardware that you can't change. You have your psychological, pretty much the, the way you think about yourself, the way you see the world, uh, your relationships. And then you have your social, which is pretty much your cultural upbringing. It's not really a Venn diagram. I see it as it's just one big fucking circle. It's just all together. All these things play such a large impact on who you are as a person and how you attack your goals. Now, for a long time, the, the way I've seen personal trainers or coaches is you are coached on lift more weights. This is how you train and also uh, eat better and calorie deficit. What happens is, and same as the gastric sleeve surgery, I've had clients or known of people that have had that surgery. They've lost the weight. And I've spoken about this before. They've lost the weight and the mindset has stayed the same. If you don't change the way you think and if you don't take accountability, and, and I'm not saying you can't look back at the past and, and be upset at things. You can, but they've, they've happened and they've happened for a reason. You have full control of the way you react to things. You have no control of the external. You have complete control of the internal and how you react to, to certain situations or certain things. And we need to understand that the human that you are and the human that you're seeing speaking to you right now or the human that is uh, you've, you've met today at the petrol station or the person that you work with, no matter how nice or unpleasant they are, they are the way they are because of accumulation, uh, well, accumulation of all these negative and positive experiences over their life that's made them who they are today. And essentially the way I see humans is we're all children, we're all kids in these grown-up bodies. And it's unfortunate to see that so much of the trauma that we've struggled to deal with growing up as children, things that we've, we've struggled to comprehend and actually absorb and actually deal with 
because we were just too young and no one set us afterwards and said, hey, is, is that okay? Uh, how did you deal with that? No, no, we just absorbed it as children. And that comes back to the surface in our 30s, in our 40s, in our 50s. And that's why you see people that are 50, 60 years old that are unpleasant or they have certain traits that aren't that nice. And it's just normal. We we all we all have our flaws. Um, it's like, you know, sometimes I, I look at cheese. You, you might have like a, a slice of cheese with no holes. It's probably tasty, but sometimes the, the cheese with holes, even though it has holes of it, the the parts of it without the holes, the dense part is quite tasty. So us as humans, yes, we have holes and we have flaws and faults, but some of us really do have. Uh, great positives that we can offer to the world. So sometimes when you look at someone, you might assume that they're stupid or dumb. They probably know things that you don't. So we can't always uh, make assumptions. Uh, so there's this one book called The Four Agreements. And the four agreements are this. Oh, fuck, I'm going to forget now. Let me, let me remember. The first agreement is uh, be impeccable with your word. So try to stay true to yourself. The second one is always try your best. The third one is don't take anything too seriously. So whatever people say to you, don't take it, take it to heart because sometimes they might be having a bad day. They might be, they, they might be having a bad week, a month, a year. They might have a bad life. So don't take what they say personally. Don't take it to heart. And the last one is do not make assumptions. So let's try not to make assumptions. When you meet someone, you might meet them on a bad day. And most of the time we'll judge a book by its cover and we shouldn't. Sometimes we can, it's just the truth. Um, but most of the time, let's, we, we should try not to make any assumptions. Now, back to this whole BPS model. I'm going to break it down into just a really easy, digestible way for us to understand and how you can kind of work on that and um, make these changes today. Because there are certain aspects that I think are going to help you, not just in your um, health and fitness goals, but the rest of your life, I, I think they all interlink. They they all link together. They all play a part in each in each other's um, areas. Uh, there's a ripple effect in all of it. It's not just one thing. Uh, I think once your mindset is changed, it will seep into everything else. And the way I look at training and just life in general is: look, I'm not a very religious person. I used to be very religious, but the way I see things is that there's there's something we all know science, right? We all know that. Science uh, and objectivity is if I was to perform something, two people, if they had that same experience, they would experience the same thing. So that's something that's objective. So that, that's if I watched the football game and my friend watched, watched the football game and it finished 1-0, we both experienced this objective experience of seeing this, this game finish 1-0. I can't, I can't change it. I can't say it didn't finish 1-0 because it did. Scientism is something different. Scientism is this philosophy and belief that science can explain everything. And if it can't explain something, then it, it, it doesn't exist. So religion, uh, spirituality, uh, the woo-woo stuff. If science can't explain it, scientism believes that it's just junk. And I don't believe that. I think in life, there are things that are not tangible. I think there are things that we can't see, we can't touch, and science can't explain. And there's nothing wrong with that. I think science is an amazing thing and it tries to explain the world around us, but I think we're never going to be able to answer every single question. We're never going to be able to know everything. And when it comes to our training, 
the ones that are always very science-based, objective-based, measure everything to a T, are, are usually little dweebs. They're, and the people that I've seen on Instagram that are they're always arguing about metrics and uh, let's say VBT training, which is like measuring the velocity of a bar path and seeing how fast things go, they're usually dweeps. They, they, they're not people that have just been in the trenches that, that have trained for a long time. If you see the old school bodybuilding era, these guys have gone absolutely insane on their training. And anyone that's done an evidence-based practice and looked into that would think they're crazy and it's too much training and overtraining. But then you can't explain the results that they've gotten. There, there are just things that over time your science and your evidence, it, it's going to be crushed because a lot of the experiments that we have and the test studies that we have, we either study on animals or we study on untrained individuals or we have a small amount of people. There's not enough funding. So as much as the, the science and the research and all this testing and studies are there, it's never going to be 100%. So the way I always look at things is look at it from a different lens. Don't have to always look at things objectively. Look at things also from a subjective point of view. And that is when the art comes into play. And everyone talks shit about art all the time. You know, I've, I've seen you know, pictures of, of a can on the wall and you just see people staring at it. And they, uh, uh. But a bloke can walk into a room and just say, what the fuck's the can on the wall doing? Just take it off and put it in the bin. That is subjective. Art is very subjective. We cannot measure art. We can't measure the beauty of something. We can't measure the effectiveness of something. We can't measure what that art does to us. We can't measure that. And the only thing that we can do that is the subjectivity of that art. What does that art mean to us? And that is the same with training. What does that training mean to us? So the things that you might enjoy in the gym and the things you might train for might not have the same effect on me that it does on you. And it might not have the same effect on someone else than it does on you. That's just the way it is. And, and I really appreciate and enjoy that more. Yes, there is object, objectivity there and things that do count and do matter, but there's things that you just can't measure and there's nothing wrong with that. And that's why you're seeing people constantly crush world records, break past the impossible barriers, there have been limitations put on people for millennia and they've always broken it somehow. And the human spirit crushes objectivity most, most of the time. It crushes what is objective. The mind is much more powerful sometimes than, than science is. And we're learning that with time. And I think the blend of science and art, the blend of objectivity and subjectivity is where we will progress as humans and we will progress as you know athletes and um whatever you want to call it uh, you, you know partners husbands wives family whatever you want that blend is what's most important uh, you shouldn't be team one or the other it should be uh, a blend of the two now we're going to get into me breaking down what i think is the most important and it, it's the first one we speak about is mindset Mindset is something that I always talk about a lot. And over the years of coaching people, over the years of dealing with things myself, with you know, past trauma, um, everyone's had trauma, like childhood trauma, past trauma, even bullying and stuff like that. Um, your mindset on these experiences dictate where you'll be going today and tomorrow. They, they, they 
shifts the needle of is this experience that I had making me a victim or is it something that I can learn from? And the two choices that you make will have very different paths. Now, one thing that you should ask yourself with mindset is how do you see yourself? Do you see yourself as a victim or do you see yourself as someone who has failed in the pro- process of trying to succeed? Uh, do you see yourself? Do you see yourself as someone who has fallen multiple times, but will keep getting up and get closer to what you want? Now, you can either have a victim mindset and always say, "Why me? Why me? Why did this happen to me? Why do I have these circumstances? I should have been stronger. I should have been prettier. I should have been taller. I should have been just should have and could have and would have and but that's that's just not life. You're going to be dealt different cards and. Today, um, I was with my friend Francis. We were in a, a sauna at this gym called Nirvana, speaking to a guy who is from the UK. And he was speaking about his experience growing up. And from the outside point of view, it sounded like really cool and really spiritual. You know, he's like a he's like a spiritual coach now. But growing up, he grew up in Surrey, which is a really uh, expensive area in the UK. And... Um, his dad taught him meditation at five years old and six years old and got him into like uh, understanding Buddhism at a young age. His upbringing and the cards he was dealt at such a young age are so different to the cards I've been dealt and you've been dealt. And then he's had the opportunity to, to take retirement years in his 20s. So he's taking the whole year off with no pay and his parents have paid for it. And in this period of time he's found himself or looked to to find himself while the rest of us we don't have that experience so his cards that he's been dealt have been better than you know your cards or my cards or maybe not it just depends on your perspective but it's things that we can't change you can't change who your dad is or your mum is you can't change where you were born and you can't change your name well we, legally you can but you can't change it um at the start there's things you can't change but the only thing you can change is understanding that right now we, where you're at, you can change today and your actions today, tonight, tomorrow, and so forth. But you can't change what's happened. It's That's the past for a reason. As long as you're self-aware and you can self-evaluate, then you can actually do something with your life. But if you're constantly spending the present moment complaining about the past, the future will just elude you. It's gone. So try to be present take control, understand that you are in control of your life. The external factors, obviously you can't. The internal factors, you can. The next thing is, how do you see the world? How do you see the world around you? And if you look at the world, again, in this victim mentality and think about people in in more affluent countries or affluent areas doing better than you, better than you, again, it's very subjective, this whole comparison is the thief of joy. Looking at someone else and thinking, what about my life? Why life is so shit? We always look up. And, I, and I'm not saying we look, people are below us or we look down. But if you look at it as, as a hierarchy in terms of monetary, uh, monetary value, there are people that earn much less than you, they have much less than you, and they're much happier than you. So it, it's your perspective on the world. And what I think 
is very important is seeing the world and understanding the world and traveling and seeing how people in other countries that don't make anywhere near as much as you are much happier than you. And they value the things that you don't value. When people have more money, the most smallest things piss them off. When people don't have any money, the most smallest things make them happy. So everything is perspective. You can change how you view the world. You can change the lens on how you see the world. But you have to be also very introspective and also zoom out and look and say, well, fuck, I'm pretty grateful for the life I have. I've got, I've got a fucking amazing life. And personally, I'm saying right now, I have an amazing life. I'm very grateful and thankful for the life I have and for the life that I'm able to build myself. But I also tend to forget that. So it's very important every day to think about, fuck, what am I actually grateful for? And no matter how shit your day is, you probably have at least three, four things to be grateful for. And if you don't, then you're lying. You're not looking deep enough. What better way to kickstart 2024 than ticking off some goals and kicking some goals? I've got a few spots available for face-to-face PT. Essendon and Good Life are the areas. I also have slots open for online coaching. So if you've been on the fence about coaching and you like what I'm talking about and you feel like we can work well together, there is a link in my bio or you can also DM me on Instagram. Now back to the podcast. Now, another mindset thing is, and this is part of like the psychological part of the BPS model, how do you talk to yourself? That's very important because you might have a partner who you see most of the time, or if you don't, you might have a friend or a family member you see most of the time. Just choose anyone that you see for the majority of your life or your, or your time. No one will spend as much time with you than you will with yourself. No one. And it's very important what's going on in here. From the outside, you might be cool, calm, and collected, but in there, it might be a jungle. In there, there might be so many voices, conflicting voices, and normally, the voices you have in your head, uh, they're all different. They're all jumbled. They're all jumbled up, and they might be from different experiences in your life. So you might have like a traumatic experience that has happened to you when you're 15, I mean, that voice that's protected you at that point in time has just stayed there. You might have a traumatic experience at eight or at nine or even in your 20s. And again, that voice has stayed there. And I'm not saying every voice in there is bad. Most of the voices are trying to protect you from certain things. But there is also a voice in there that is trying to be your cheerleader and, 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 and help you. But you have to also realize that you are not your thoughts. And you can change and improve the way that you think and the way that you think about yourself. So that's really important to plant these positive seeds in your head, even though it's very difficult. And I've spoken about this. Your brain will comprehend the negative four times more than the positive just because of survival purposes. A long time ago, people that were optimistic tended to die much faster than someone that was pessimistic. You know, you'd avoid the bush, you'd avoid the bridge, you'd avoid the rocks, you'd avoid you know, the noises in the dark, while the optimist was like, oh, let's see what's over there. And they died. So it stayed in our in our brains it's, and it stayed in our minds. We are now safe to think differently. We are now, we're sheltered away from danger and bad weather and dangerous predators. We're sheltered from that. We have a fridge full of food. We have so many things that we can just fucking relax. No one's going to kill you. It's fine. So give yourself more... And again, I spoke about positive affirmations and I said like it was bullshit in terms of reaching a goal, but it's not bullshit in terms of the way you speak to yourself 
and tell yourself that you're worthy, you're more than enough, and you're capable. Because at the end of the day, if no one is supporting you and you're not supporting yourself, then what hope do you have? And a lot of successful people have always said that in in spite of everyone being against them, they were always there for themselves. They always believed in themselves. You have to believe in yourself and always, always believe that you are good no matter what anyone says. Sometimes people pull you down just to, for the sake of pulling you down. And it might be a lonely, lonely road getting out of a, a circle that is doesn't doesn't fit for you anymore. So be nice to yourself. Be kind to yourself. The next thing I want to talk about is nutrition. So we've got mindset, nutrition. I'm just breaking it down into the basics, right? The whole aspect of good and bad foods. There are no good foods. There are no bad foods. It depends how you look at them. They are, there are foods that, you, that are good. If you eat too much of it, you'll gain weight and it might not be good for you. And there are bad foods if you eat less of, and that's the, the majority of your diet, you'll lose weight. But then body composition isn't always a sign of health. For me, a good food is a food that's not that processed and that is a, a whole food, a whole food. So yeah, your veggies, your fruits, um, your meats, your butters, your full creams, your full fats, things that aren't processed to take the good out of them. And then your your bad foods might be your more processed foods. But the way I see processed foods is if you have a very active lifestyle, it's very difficult for you to eat these, um, these really clean whole foods and get all your calories from that. Myself, because I train a lot, these naughty foods, these processed foods, these bad foods actually really help me replenish my energy and, and get the calories that I need. So the way I see foods, good and bad, good foods, bad foods, again, it's subjective, right? There's nothing wrong with these foods on the side that are processed. And these days we're seeing like, don't eat seed oils and don't do this and this is going to kill you and, and uh, Coke Zero, which is like fucking all that. There's nothing wrong with Coke Zero, right? In my opinion, the only issue is we don't have much evidence of it being good for you, as in like whatever's in the aspartame and all that stuff, that it's good for you. And it's probably bad for you maybe in too many doses. So don't knock back 15 cans of Coke Zero a day. A couple is fine. It's not going to kill you. So the way I see it is we're demonizing food a lot. If you looked at a banana and the makeup of a banana and what's in a banana, they'll tell you like, oh, there's this chemical called carbonine. And you're like, oh my God, I can't eat a fucking banana. I'm going to die. Anything can be labeled as bad. My opinion is let's have more of the good and that will naturally kind of cut out cut out the bad. So have more of the good and you'll shift the percentage of, of how much good you're having as opposed to how much bad you're having. But if you need a little bit of a boost and you've struggled to have food for the day and energy and you've trained, there's nothing wrong with having like Nutella on bread or peanut butter and jam on bread. I do that when I've had a long day at work or if I'm struggling for energy, that's fine. There is no good or bad food. It's just, yes, I, I, I don't think you should be having Maccas every day because it's highly processed. And it's the same as uh, having sugar from Coke or having sugar from a banana, it's going to be converted into glucose and your body absorbs it that way, but it's in what is in the rest of it. 
which is the problem. So I'd rather have banana than a Coke. But after a train session or after a game of football, I'll have a Coke because that's going to fill me up the fastest because it's straight into my bloodstream as opposed to the digesting of a banana. Next one is indulging, right? Indulging is overeating. And unfortunately, the whole indulging part is, again, a mindset thing. People either – there's two ways. You either stress eat and you binge eat or you don't eat at all. Now, let's talk about the people that stress eat, right? So if you demonize foods as bad and you cut out a certain food and you cut it out and cut it out, you cut it out, you cut it out, and your brain's like, hey, come on, just one bite, just one little bite. And then you have that one little bite. Before you know it, you fucking smash the whole packet, and then another packet, another packet, and you're like, fuck, I fucking hate myself. And your weekend, you just let yourself binge. Monday comes, and you're like, all right, I'm going to get back to the start. I'm not doing it again, I promise myself. And Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, you just completely cold turkey. And Friday night comes, you're like, just one bite. And that's that's literally almost like withdrawals. Just because it's fucking food doesn't mean it's not a drug. Sugar is a drug. I'm addicted to sugar every now and then because I see it as a drug. It's the same. If you, if you cut out these foods that your body wants every now and then, it, it's like, you know, in the Netherlands, marijuana, marijuana, what is marijuana? Just the word sounds so like, stupid weed all right weed is legal it's legalized you can smoke weed wherever you want now because you can smoke weed wherever you want it has the lowest percentage of weed smokers in the whole of europe once you say something is illegal it makes people want to do it it just makes them want to do it if you tell yourself i can't eat this i can't eat this there's gonna be a voice in your head like come on fuck it just have a little bit my advice to you is let yourself have chocolate. Have it, at the end of the day, have like a little small, just a little small block. Have it. Be like, and, and tell yourself, it's completely fine to have that. I'm allowed to have that. And next day you have it again, you find it over the space of the week, you might have a whole block. And that's fine. As opposed to you saying, no, 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 no. And then Friday comes, you smash out three, four blocks. And then you go crazy again and you, you drive yourself crazy. It's a definition of insanity. Doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. So, indulging, instead of seeing it as like a no-no, you can have it every now and then. There's nothing wrong with that. Have more good stuff. Next one. Eating for performance. Now, with myself over the years of shredding for stereo, trying to get ripped, trying to look like a fucking big boy, my most favorite times and my most the, I'm not going to say optimal training because optimal is demonized. But my periods where I felt really strong and really good is where I've been slightly higher in body fat, where I've been eating for performance. And by eating for performance, I mean eating three and a half thousand calories, training really hard and sleeping well. Not watching what I eat. In terms of like not watching my calories, I'm not weighing my foods, I'm not doing anything of like that. I'm just trying to have protein with every meal. I'm trying to if I have a big day of training, I'll have some uh, quick sugars. I'll have like you know peanut butter and and jam on toast, or bananas. What is it? The Teller banana and honey sandwich. Like that's elite. Like it's carbs. It fuels me. It gets me going, and that helps me lift heavier and heavier each time. If you're going into the gym and you're trying to gain muscle and you're trying to get stronger, but you're eating in a caloric deficit, you're making it very difficult for yourself. 
you should be eating for performance because it, one, you can lift more. Two, it makes you feel much better. Three, you're not as lethargic and you can actually sleep much better. But when you're dieting, you're, you know, you're especially in the cal caloric deficit, you're going to be cranky. Your sleep isn't going to be the best. Your performance is going to be the best. And especially in Melbourne, what are you training for? Like fucking two, three months of a year, we could take your top off, you know? Like there's nothing wrong with a pudge. And I don't mean like 20, 20 kilograms of fat. I mean just like a little bit, just a little bit of love, a couple of kilos here and there, and just train hard. And in that period of time, you'll gain some muscle mass. And when once the season is coming and it's getting hotter, you naturally will burn that off because heat outside also increases the heat in the body. And then you'll naturally just burn off that weight because you'll be eating the same, but thermogenically you'll be burning off a little bit more just because of the heat. Your body needs to produce more heat in the heat just to cool itself down. That is that for the that is that for the nutrition. Training now. This is now the training part of things. And training again is so subjective. And I've through all my experiences, I've I'm gonna say I'm gonna nail I haven't nailed it. I'm gonna say I've nailed it. I don't want to be that person look, oh fucking done it. I've got the cheat code. It's not that. But I have found what really does work with all the types of different uh, methodologies and modalities of training. And I've tried many things and I've found what works for me. These are the questions that you should ask yourself first about training, right? What are you training for? And through the, with the people I've worked with over the years in the gym, everyone is training for, oh, I just want to get big. Like, well, what, is, what does that mean? Like, are you, what are you training for? So there is specific things to train for. You can train for a competition. It could be a bodybuilding competition. It could be for your sport. It could be uh, for a fitness comp like High Rocks or a marathon or a triathlon. These are events you can train for. Are you training for a specific body composition goal? Are you looking to get bigger? Are you looking to get more leaner? What are you training for? Is it performance-based? Is it... Is it a body composition base? What are you training for? That that is an important thing to know before you reach out to a coach, uh, DM me for coaching. Before you reach out to a coach and try to get in touch and, and and work on a certain plan, you need to know what you're training for. And when I was younger, I just got into training for the sake of training. But my initial thing I was training for was to get bigger because I was very skinny, very very small, very lean. I wanted to get bigger. As I gotten older and I started playing a sport, I wanted to train to get better in my sport. And I realized that you can't train sport specifically. I'm not going to get a medicine ball and kick it as hard as I can against the wall because that's going to change the mechanics of how I actually play the sport. Instead, over the years, I realized that I can work on general properties of strength, which will help me in my sport. There is no specific. It doesn't cross over. And now what I'm training for is... My whole training is GPP. I'm generally physically prepared. I can run long distances. I can lift heavy weights. I can move my body really well. I feel uh, very supple, very, very mobile. There is no aches and pains. I can run fast. I can jump high. I can do all these things. It, it's like I'm ready for a war. In case a war breaks out, I can, like, I'm, I'm ready. Now, that type of training it's taken me years to understand that that works for me and I can get what I want. I can gain muscle. I can gain speed. 
I can gain explosive power, and I can also have the body that I want. And then with that training, I can push myself you know, past a certain point. And then now I can look at high rocks and train for a high rocks. I can look at a triathlon and train for a triathlon. I can look at a, a marathon and train for that. With my training, I can do all these things. But then if I choose one of them, I can kind of get a little bit more hyper fixated and add on to my training to get to that goal. So what are you training for? You have to think about what are you training for? Then what do you actually care about? Now, the majority of people, honestly, 95% plus, they don't want to be bodybuilders. They, they do a bodybuilding program because that's all they know, but they don't want to be bodybuilders. Is that something that you actually care about? Because being a bodybuilder means you have to step on the stage, which means you have to diet for a certain period of time, which means you're going to be cranky for a certain period of time, which means you're going to be eating the same foods for a certain period of time. You have to think about, is that something that you care about? Is that something that you want? No? Okay. What do you actually care about? Do you care about looking good naked? Do you care about uh, losing weight to, to get into the team that you want to play for, but you can't because you're a little bit overweight? Do you care about losing weight because you know you can't uh, pick up a girl, you can't date, you're being overlooked based on your appearance, which is unfortunate in this day and age, but that's just the way the world works. What do you care about? What There's sometimes a parent who can't play with their kids because they're overweight or their their joints suck or they just like they just their body feels like shit. Do you care about being able to play with your kids when they get older? What do you care about? Do you do you care about being able to play a sport with them and uh, have a kick in the park? What do you care about? And so you need to know what are you training for and what do you care about? What do you really care about? And that's that's the whole why. Like why are you doing what you're doing? You can't be like, oh, because I just want to get fit. That, that's bullshit. That's, that's everyone's superficial answer is, oh, I just want to lose weight. I just want to look good. I just want to lose weight. I just want to look good. But why? There's a reason why. You wouldn't come to a, a PT or a coach in the first place because that's, that's, a, that's a deep thing while you're coming to see someone. There's a reason for it. And there's nothing wrong with being transparent of why you're there. Now, training, I've spoken about this multiple times, but I'm going to just make it as simple as possible. The intensity of your training is super important. And I've always said to new um, potential clients is when you come into the gym, you're going to see people either exercising or training. And what does that mean? The people that exercise, they come in, there is no structure, there is no plan, there is no intensity. They'll go on the treadmill for a bit, they'll look around, they'll see well, that, that person's doing that, that person's doing that. I might give that a try, I might give that a try. Next week, they do the same thing. That person's doing that. There is no structure. There, there is no progressive overload. It, it's just you're coming in for the sake of coming in. It's just like walk, taking your dog for a walk and thinking you're going to get fit. And then there's training. There's people that go in there with a specific plan, with a structure and a goal in mind. They go in there and they train hard. And structure is very important. Without structure, you don't know what you're doing. Without understanding your progress, without having like an app or even a paper program or even an Excel spreadsheet. If you don't know what you've done last week, how do you know what you need to do this week? You're just kind of throwing shit at the wall, see what sticks. You might be going up one week, going down another week, you have no idea. But the main thing is intensity. And what I've noticed is when you have a high rep scheme, if I've given someone you know six to 10 reps, everyone always gets to 10 reps. And then I realized like you don't actually, you've probably left too much in the tank at that point. And that's why every now and then I will adjust the reps to go to you know three to five reps. 
that makes people go much heavier and more intense. Most people are so far off their intensity that it's it's insane. It's actually it's actually crazy because the belief of how much they can give, they really underestimate how much they can give. So what I do with my clients is I I literally program for a lot of my a lot of my exercises, take this set to failure, keep going to failure. And that last set might have been 10 reps at 16 kilos. The next set, the failure set, might be 22 reps at 16 kilos. It makes me realize like, oh fuck, I've actually left so much in the tank. Well, at least next week I have to go up a little bit. With that process, eventually they, they become closer and closer to what is their actually their actual maximum potential or their, or their maximum intensity. So with training, intensity is really important. But when it comes to how you feel and how you move, if you want to feel good and move good, you have to really open your body up to so many different planes of movement. You have your sagittal plane, which is your up, down, up, down, you know, your standard squats, lunges. And then you have your, your transverse plane, your, your twisting, your twisting, twisting your body. And you have your uh, frontal plane, which is side to side. You know, your, your Cossack squats, your, sides, your, your side lunges, or your side bends. If you have all these three in there, regardless if you want to be a powerlifter, if you want to be a bodybuilder, if you want to be an Olympic weightlifter, that is going to make you feel so much better and it's going to actually take away those aches and pains. And the reason why you have aches and pains and niggles and injuries, especially I think now like after 30, 95% of people will never sprint again. No shit you feel like crap because you stopped doing those things and exposing your body a long time ago. I mean, now your body is, is going to not be in those positions for a very long time. And then if you do somehow get into that position, you'd be like, ah, fuck. That's what happens. If you're not exposing yourself to these things, if there is not a, an exposure or a stimulus, you're going to get injured. That's, that's why when people get older and they try to pick something up and they have shitty form, they, they, you know, they'll injure their back or they'll hurt their knee because the last time they did a deadlift or played a sport was 50 years ago. So it's very common as you get older to get injured because you're not open to those types of movements anymore. So if you're doing these small things and adding them into, you know, you're sprinkling a bit of salt and pepper onto your workouts, you're going to be fine. Now, the next thing, the next thing I want to talk about is environment, right? So we spoke about mindset, nutrition, training, basic things. Environment now. This this can be hard to, not hard to process, but it, it's almost like a bit of a slap in the face. You need to think about who do you surround yourself with? So who do you surround yourself with? Who, who are the people that you choose to surround yourself with? How much of a positive influence do they have on you and how much of a negative influence do they have on you? If they're people that if you're trying to do something that let's say you have a goal in mind and you're like, you know what, I'm cutting out drinking, I'm cutting out drugs, guys, I'm not doing it anymore, I'm going to get to the gym. If they're people on one hand that are like, mate, you're a fucking idiot, what a, what a loser, you're going to, what, you don't want to be with the boys every weekend? If they're doing that, okay, as opposed to, mate, you know what, I'm on your side, I respect that, and then eventually they end up jumping on board and then you have this group of people that have, you have started, you have become the catalyst and changed their life and you're all changed for the better. So you have this group of like, mate, you're a fuckhead, and this group of like, you know what, 
what you're doing is amazing. I'm going to join in. The ones that have talked down on your your goals and what you want to do, they're not people that you want to have around. They're not. And I think for a lot of people, the environment that you're surrounded uh, by, the people that are around you, letting go of things that don't serve you anymore is quite difficult for a lot of people. And if they don't serve you and if they're not your cheerleaders and if they're not your your you know your your teammates your friends look your friends might not be on the same path as you in terms of like job career aspirations uh how much money you earn the experience you've had everyone's going to be different and it's fine you and your friend can be completely different but if they're not there in your corner when you need them then there's nothing wrong with cutting them off because you now have provided space for someone else that's going to be there in your life for you, that's going to actually be such a positive influence on your life. So you've dropped these you know, drop kicks, these people that just kick rocks, for someone else that's actually going to take a big presence in your life. So think about who you surround yourself with and think about, are these people propping me up or are they you know, dragging me down with them? And it's, that's fine. Sometimes you're going to you know, get out of that circle and realize that it wasn't the circle for you. And that's, that's normal. That's, that's a big sign of growth. And then who are you surrounded by? So you, what kind of family is around you? That's the, the whole cultural thing. You know, you can't choose your family. You can't choose your culture. Your parents might want you to get married at a young age. Your parents might want you to be religious. Your parents might want this and might, might want that. They have a big influence in your life. It doesn't mean you have to always listen. You can respect your parents and love your parents, but you have full control of who you want to be and what you want to do. So understand that your parents play a big cultural influence in your life and what you do and how you think. So some of the the, the ways that you think and the things that you've done in your life, your parents have had a huge influence, regardless if you want to think that or not. My parents had a huge influence on me growing up until I was like early 20s. I remember before I moved to the UK to live in the UK on my own with my partner at the time, she came um, five weeks, six weeks after me. So I was there by myself for the first five, six weeks. And in my household, I'm an only child and my mum's a highly high-strung person. She's like, always anxious, always on edge. And her her talking volume is your yelling volume, right? I mean, her yelling volume is like fucking another level. I was always highly strung and highly anxious at home. Once I moved out, and I was never aware of this, but once I moved out, lived in the UK, I realized like, wait, why am I so calm? Why am I not pissed off? Why am I not fucking... Why am I jumping around like someone's going to stab me or shoot me from a from a, a mile? Why am I not on edge? And it took me a while to realize, like, oh my fucking god, I I'm not on edge because my mum isn't there. My environment was always like a fight or flight environment. Even though I was at home, nothing was happening. I was just playing FIFA or my computer. But my environment was always fight or flight. And I realized, like, oh oh my god, it, it wasn't who I was as a person. It was the environment that I was surrounded in that made me think a certain way. And once I was taken out of that environment, I thought differently. So sometimes the way that you think is not the way that you think because it's the way that you think. <laughs> it's based on your environment, your cultural upbringing, the things around you. So 
there's people that you surround yourself with that you choose to, and there's people that are that, that you're surrounded by that you know that are not by choice, which is family, and there's nothing wrong with that. But understand that their way of thinking and your way of thinking is very different. So try to you know find yourself and what you want and what you like in in that way of thinking. Now the next one is really important, especially in the Western world and the world we're living in today, and it's stress management. And most people, most people, everyone, everyone that I've that I've um, that I consult with, the biggest when I ask them for I give them like a rating of one out of ten about stress levels, and everyone's stress levels always super high, always super high. Uh, even the uni students are fucking six hours of uni a week, super high stress. And stress relates to it seeps into the things that you want to do. If you're highly stressed. You will have issues with your relationships. You'll have issues with your work. You'll have issues with eating. You'll have issues with sleep. You'll have issues with training. You'll have issues with just any goal in general. It's all related to stress. And the more stressed you are, the faster you age. And that's that's just the way it is. And the more stressed you are, the more often you'll get sick. Stress is such a killer in Western society. And a question you should ask yourself is, how do you deal with life? I know that's a broad question, but how do you deal with life? How do you deal with your job? Now, unfortunately, not everyone is going to like their job. Not everyone's going to love their job. Some people are going to find their job, eh, it is what it is, pays the bills. Some people are going to fucking hate their job. They're going to hate their bosses. They're going to hate their coworkers. They're not going to like their job. They're probably going to hate their job. It just depends on the person. Now, Dissociating yourself with your job. Do not place such high value on your you and your job. So if you're not doing well in your job or your job is shit, don't think of yourself as a shit person. Your job, disconnect yourself from that from that thing because that's giving you the stress and you're coming home and you're eating, you're binging, you're having a shower, you go to sleep or like you're, you're trying to escape, escapism, you know, watching TV, playing video games. Uh, doing drugs, partying the weekend because you hate your job. Just understand that you can change your job. You can change the way you look at your job. Think about how do you deal with life, right? Think about how do you deal with your relationships? How do you deal with with um, you know breakups, with friendships um, uh, collapsing and coming apart? Uh, how do you deal with uh, you know, deaths in the family? How, how do you deal with these bad situations? I like to look at things as good will come and it will pass. Bad will come and this too shall pass. So any life ebbs and flows, it comes and goes. And the way you look at things and is really important with how you deal with stress. So it's really important, which is the next thing I want to talk about, is how do you deal with this mental and physical fatigue, which is really important. Now, the way I deal with physical and mental fatigue is sleep. I, fucking, I love to sleep. I love to nap. Um, I like to do things that make me happy. I like to spend time with people that make me happy. I you know, like to read. I like to meditate. I like to spend time in nature. If I'm constantly surrounding myself with um, synthetic things and electronics and scrolling and social media, I just don't feel so good. So surrounding myself with things that make me happy helps me deal with my my stress and my day-to-day life. So that is really important. Finding the things that de-stress you and make you happy, 
For you, it might be watching TV. That might distress you and make you happy. And if it does, then fucking so be it. For some people, it might be video games. If it does, so be it. For some people, it might be going for a walk. If it does, then so be it. These are all these things that I've talked about today are things you can do today and ask yourself today and really dissect and pick apart your life and see who you are as a person and what you can do in 2024 to, to change the way you see yourself and the world and really take action in your life. That's, that's my belief of what a holistic approach is. It's, it's not just woo-woo and you know doing cold plunges every day, like it's going to help, but you really need to dig deep on who you are as a person and what you find uh, valuable and what you, what you value, obviously, as, as, a, as a human being and how you value yourself and how you see yourself. That's the most important thing because after that, once you change this thing up here, your mind, your mindset, everything else changes, but that takes work and it takes ongoing work. So... That's it for me today. That's like a little Christmas present to you. My Christmas present is you can change your life. So 2024 can be very different for you if you choose it to be very different for you. So thank you for listening and watching today. I'm going to see if I can put this on Spotify, but thank you for listening and watching today. Um, I'm sorry if I was a little bit awkward on the camera. It's just like a very new environment for me and I'm very shiny, very sunburnt. Um, also, I've got some gnarly, gnarly scars here because uh, I'm an Aussie and I'm dumb. But yeah, enjoy your day. You can change everything, but you got to believe in yourself when no one, no one else does, but I believe in you. So yeah, have a great day. Have a Merry Christmas. I hope you are spending time with your family or loved ones or even your friends. doesn't matter who you're with as long as you're spending time with them. If you're spending time with me, thank you so much. But I will see you on the next episode. Have a good one. Merry Christmas and bye-bye.